a wild, wild game for the Hoosiers on Tuesday night. Kick off the Big Ten ACC Challenge with a double overtime loss. Uh, they come roaring back in the second half after a dismal first half. Trace Jackson Davis is absolutely phenomenal. Ultimately ends in a loss, but boy, do we have quite a lot to talk about after that instant classic of a game. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, December 1st. Uh, December is here. Boy, what a night that was for Indiana. Obviously, first, before we dive into all this, welcome to Locked on Hoosiers. Uh, we're rebranding to Locked on Trace Jackson Davis today. Uh, we're your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, and all the Trace Jackson Davis uh, heroics you can imagine. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on Hoosiers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. Jared is joining me tonight after that uh, wild game. Jared, man, how are you? Uh, how you feeling after that one? I feel great. I haven't felt this good about a loss in six years, seven years, probably, probably more than that. Honestly, I, I was t- we were talking before the podcast, and it was, it's probably the best I've felt about a loss since um, since the Kentucky Sweet Sixteen game in in that year where we were. Where, where we would have made the final, we were talking about this earlier, we would have made the final four that year had we played literally anybody but Kentucky, but there's nothing not to feel good about after that game, other than a few, you know, in-game details that we can talk, that we'll certainly be talking about, but on a, on a much larger, more macro scale, I feel wonderful. Yeah, that game uh, was always going to be the first big test for the Hoosiers. Uh, they didn't pass it in terms of winning the game but I thought they answered a lot of questions about themselves on the night. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. As always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. For those that missed it, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go back and watch, maybe not the first half of that game, Go, go start at halftime, watch the second half in overtime, uh, but Syracuse wins 112 to 110 in double overtime. The Cliff Notes version, uh, the Hoosiers trailed at 16 at halftime, come roaring back in the second half. Uh, they trailed by three at the end of regulation. Christian Lander is fouled, makes the first, misses the second on purpose. And Trace Jackson Davis, one of his, probably the biggest of his many, many huge plays on the night, uh, grabs a rebound, is fouled, makes both free throws. Forces overtime. Indiana had a chance to win it in overtime and uh, just didn't run a play. <laughs> Mike Quitson said after the game, it was the play uh, that got Miller Cop a foul at the end of the second overtime that they were trying to run and just didn't run it. Uh, but it goes to a second overtime and Buddy Bayheim is fouled with 0.8 seconds left. Um, or excuse me, Joseph Girard. Buddy Beheim was scoring all night anyway. Joseph Girard was fouled with uh, 0.8 seconds left. He hits two free throws to win the game and breathe. <laughs> Having said all that, before we dive into anything, 
specific. What's just kind of your instant reaction to everything that just transpired? Um, that's all that happened. Are you sure? Are, are you sure that's it? <laughs> that, that, I said that's a Cliff Notes version. I I didn't even mention the fact that for a good five minutes we thought Trace Jackson Davis was lost for the season with a knee injury. I know. Jeez. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, instant reactions. You got you got to feel good about the direction that this team is heading. I don't know. I, I don't care how many overtimes it took. You you could have told me we played six overtimes, and at no point in the last few weeks would I have ever said, "Oh, we're going to score over a hundred points." Yeah. Um, it's the offense was there. The defense obviously was not. <clears throat> I have my theories on that. Um, my my personal favorite theory about it is that. We didn't want to get Syracuse comfortable in that zone, so we played a lot faster than we're normally used to, which obviously led to a lot of points, but it led to the abundance of turnovers that we had. Uh, I think we finished with 26 or 27, some some <clears throat> some absolutely crazy number, like a turnover a minute. Um, but it was a, it was a great game. A lot of a lot of guys showed up. Uh, they dealt with some adversity in terms of foul trouble. Um, obviously they lost trace for a few minutes there and thank God it was only a few minutes, uh, not a few weeks or a few months. Um, so look, I, I, again, I'm, I'm happy about this game. I'm happy about, you know, the direction of the team and that would have been a great one to get. It's probably, you know, if we're in the tournament hunt at the end of the season, it's probably going to be one that we're all going to be revisiting and kicking ourselves about, but End of the day, it's hard. It's really hard, especially after the slog of the last few years, to not feel good about this game and where we're heading. Yeah, that's my biggest thing is comparing this to previous years. I didn't have a ton of expectations going into this year, which has large, largely shaped how I've looked at this season um, and how I just kind of the joy that's been there in watching this team, especially compared to the teams of recent seasons. Um, so in that sense, it's been a lot of fun to watch this team win and win the way it has. Tonight, I I expected this to be a pretty tough one. Uh, Syracuse is just kind of an unorthodox opponent, uh, especially in the middle of the regular season when you don't have time to really prepare for them. That's just kind of the nature of that 2-3 zone and probably why he's Jim Beheim's run it forever. Um, but... I did. I expected this to be a really tough game. I wasn't all that surprised in the first half. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Turnovers are going to kill you. They finished with 26. Um, that wasn't surprising. What I was surprised by, because it never happened last year, was the fight this team showed in the second half. And uh, very, very pleasantly surprised. I honestly left at halftime to go get a drink at the gas station, I was going to come back and I was debating recording before the game was over because I just wanted to get it out of the way. And I come back and Trace had just had a layup to cut it to 10. And I thought, hold on, hold on. What have I missed here? And I rewound it about three minutes to the start of the half and rewatched it, got caught up. Uh, that's how little faith I had in this team to actually make a comeback. I am so glad to be wrong uh, because the fight this team showed, that is something we were going to talk about this later. That's something directly from Mike Woodson because they just never showed it under Archie Miller. Uh, we have to talk about Trace Jackson Davis before we head into a break here in a minute. 31 points, 16 rebounds, 
first IU player with back-to-back 30-point games since Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon did it early in that season um, in non-conference play against UNC Wilmington and Illinois State. Um, not quite juggernauts there. He is... I, I've run out of superlatives. I was using them at a rapid rate early in this season, and I ran out of them tonight as we were texting. How do you even describe his performance, his season already? Like, this guy is unbelievable. Um, so not to not to drag up old bodies, but um, if, if he was our center in the Sweet 16 instead of Cody in that game, <laughs> we win the national championship. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, that hurts a lot to say. I don't. I, I'm not happy that I I say it, but that's the that's the way you have to play against you know against the zone defense, and you need a big man to sort of step up and take charge. And I mean, you saw at the end of at the end of regulation, the passions, you know, yelling and and not at his teammates, but sort of with his teammates, firing them up for overtime after an emotional regulation. I mean, he is beyond beyond special. He is absolutely everything that you think of when you want to define an Indiana basketball player uh, personality, the way he plays. It's, it's almost painful watching him play this year because you're just like, why couldn't this have happened in the last two years? And none of that is on trace, by the way, none, none of that is on trace. I don't think any of us here would even blame trace for that, especially, you know, given how everybody regressed, but it's, it's almost like, you know, instead of, this being the next step in his development, it almost feels like he's just had shackles completely taken off and this was there the entire time. And that's the frustrating thing is that he wasn't utilized like this. And he is just so beyond special. He is an awesome basketball player. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be able to root for a guy like this. I mean, what really, you said it before, what, what more is there to say about this kid? The aggressiveness he played with, um, yeah, I watched <laughs> too much of that IU Syracuse game from the 2013 tournament, and comparing him to what Cody did on that night, Cody was special in his own way. I'm not trying to to of talk down so. on him or anything, so. but uh, this <laughs> this is the way you attack a this two three zone, and the aggressiveness Trace had. How many times did he dunk on somebody tonight? Like just putting people through the rim, um, that high-low game with him and Race Thompson. Race Thompson had a truly weird game, but the high-low game with him and Trace was on point, and it led to so many dunks, so many posters, so many huge plays. He is—he's special. He's—he's he's unreal. I'm excited that we're going to get a full season of him. I'm excited he stayed around. I'm excited he's unshackled. I like that analogy because. Uh, he is, he's not just one of the best players in the big 10. He's one of the best players in the country. And that's the type of performance you expect a first team all American to have on the road. The first road game of the season, just an enormous performance from him. We're going to break this down into each half, try to see what went wrong in that first half, what went right in that second half. Uh, before we talk about the dismal first half, Let's talk about Prize Picks, the daily leader in college sports daily fantasy. Uh, Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. They also have a load of college basketball props, so you can go 
see some of the IU players ahead of their Big Ten opener on Saturday. We're going to talk about that a little later. Price Picks offers as many props as you can think of in football, from yardage to touchdowns, interceptions thrown. They have points, rebounds, assists, and basketball. All users that deposit and use your promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Free money they're giving you guys. It's really simple. Pick two to five players. Pick the over-under on their prop. Went up to 10 times your entry. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I didn't even touch on the resiliency of this team. We'll, we'll talk about that as we go. Uh, I want to try to keep this somewhat short, even though I feel like we could spend the whole podcast talking about Trace. Uh, but let's jump into that first half. Some of the things that went wrong. Mike Woodson said after the game, he thought the guys played out of character and honestly a little scared was the word he used. He said he didn't like using that word, but that's how he thought they looked in the first half. Uh, that zone defense, it's one thing to practice against it. It's another thing to play against it. And that seemed to be the holdup for the Hoosiers early on. Syracuse jumped out for to the early lead. A lot of the same vibes that happened in that 2013 game, to be honest. Uh, quick lead right away, and I thought, oh, God, we're never coming back in this. Biggest thing in that first half, turnovers, as we mentioned, 26 turnovers by Indiana led to 33 Syracuse points. 33 of their 112 points came from turnovers, uh, just shy of 30%. <laughs> Unacceptable. At this, our... I don't even know how to explain this turnover issue at this point because it's something that continues to haunt them, something they know about, and yet they keep doing a lot of the same things over and over and over that lead to turnovers. Yeah, the turnovers were rough. Um, I want to actually address that that point uh, that Woodson made where he said they played out of character. Um, it, it's, it, it's a refreshing quote in the sense that these are all Archie Miller's guys. I mean, realistically, 90% of this team is Archie Miller-based. And that was a very in-character first half compared to the last four years of Indiana basketball. I mean, it, it just was. Every single IU fan, I'm sure, given you said you went to the gas station, was thinking this is the same old thing, here it comes again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was re- it's really refreshing to see that this – feels more like a culture change than I had anticipated at this point that the expect, you know, that even, even though these are Archie's guys, even though these aren't Woody's guys, you know, the expectation is the expectation, you know, that they're going to come out and they're going to play IU basketball and they're not going to be afraid of anyone. That's really, really awesome to see. Um, Turnovers, free throws, obviously big, big, big issues for the Hoosiers as they have been for the past few years. Um, everything's it's all fixable at the end of the day these are obviously glaring issues and they're quite frankly they're probably going to last the remainder of the season given that you know again this is a team in transition these are not Woody's guys they're not necessarily suited to play his style at 100 percent yet but these are all things that can be coached out of this team um whether it happens over the course of the season or the next year or two uh is certainly up for debate but look it, it's gonna happen it, it's gonna happen 
And it's also encouraging that they had that many turnovers, gave up that many points off turnovers, and they were still right there at the end of the game. I mean, that when normally when an IU team commits those kind of turnovers in that kind of volume, they crumble. They, They just, they just do. And that's what we're used to. And it's incredibly refreshing to see that, you know, that, that they are able to respond and that they have that resiliency that we were talking about and that Mike Woodson was talking about. And that's, you know, being ingrained into them, into the culture of Indiana basketball again. Syracuse had 18 steals on the night to just six from Indiana. Uh, the defensive intensity just as a whole, I didn't think was there for the Hoosiers. Not like we had seen in the other non-conference games. Uh, again, I don't know if that was by design I don't know if it's because they're playing on the road for the first time. Uh, it definitely was there more in the second half, but it was almost non-existent in the first half. As you said, Hoosiers have 26 turnovers, 13 of them in the first half. They sh- they did shoot 23 of 31 from the line, which for this IU team is really good. Uh, five of those eight misses come from Trace, who I'm not sure he made a free throw after he made the ones in reg- to, at the end of regulation. Uh, he made the ones that mattered, uh, and I will be forever grateful for that. Uh, he went one of five in overtime. Um, so the free throw shooting wasn't as bad tonight. The turnovers were atrocious. Uh, they were a little better in the second half. 13 of them came in the first half, the opening 20 minutes. The remaining 13 came in the next 30 minutes, so uh, a little bit improved. But it was some of the things we knew about this IU team. The shooting woes were amplified. When you play a 2-3 zone, you need shooters. And first half, they weren't there. Uh, And then it didn't help that Syracuse started 8 of 16 from the three-point line. We're hitting some, I thought, decently contested shots. Just uh, everything seemed to be falling. And that's why I I left. That's why it just felt like one of those nights uh, we had seen in recent years where the Hoosiers fall behind early kind of roll over and uh, nothing really happens in the second half. That's the difference between Archie Miller and Mike Woodson, among many, many other things, that this team was not going to roll over in the second half. Uh, I thought it was huge early in that second half that Parker Stewart caught fire, knocked down a couple threes, and got the energy going uh, and cut into that lead real quick. Uh, I saw the stat during the game. Uh, Parker Stewart obviously played at Pitt prior to IU. Between Pitt and IU, Parker Stewart is now 13 of 24 in the Carrier Dome from the three-point line. Uh, he absolutely roasts Syracuse. Uh, he was huge in that second half. Uh, the quote that I loved most from uh, Mike Woodson after this game, just kind of talking about the resiliency of this team, talking about their comeback, uh, quote, for the most part, I'm happy with the fight. They didn't quit. They've got a lot of grit i got to help them get over the hump. We had chances to win, and I just couldn't get them over the hump tonight. That is everything you want to hear from a head coach. Uh, Crediting his team for the comeback, taking the blame for it not being completed. Um, Honestly, (laughs) I just got fired up listening or watching, listening to his quotes after the game. What for you... Uh, or what did you see kind of changed most in that second half for these Hoosiers? Honestly, it's a little cliche, but it was kind of just the effort level. It was the effort level and the the level of focus. Um, 
they they just came out. They came out with a fire under their belly. And they played through trace. They played through the zone, um, and they just executed better. I, I mean, they re- that's really all it came down to was energy and execution. And they played through their best players, um, you know, at times to a fault. Um, not really with Trace, but Race Thompson, obviously, with his eight turnovers. Um, was awesome tonight in so many facets of the game, but that was one that he really struggled with. Um, but they again, they played through their best players. They played through a lot of adversity with foul trouble. Um, you know, I think um, I think Finnessy walked off with an injury, if I remember correctly. So, look, it was it was there were. I was most encouraged, honestly, by the simple fact that there were halftime adjustments. I mean, it's it's annoying to say, but think about how many times these last few years you just you'd see the same exact thing in the second half that you saw in the first half from this team, or you'd get that short run, that short little inspired run, and then they'd give up a big bucket or commit a stupid foul, and it would all kind of crumble underneath itself. I mean, that was honestly most encouraging was just that there really were visible obvious, clear, and most importantly, successful halftime adjustments. Yeah, I thought the ball got into the high post a lot more in the second half to Race Thompson. Uh, He did a good job of um, whether finding Trace a whole lot. Um, Early on, he had a couple nice little skip passes to Parker Stewart on the other side for some threes. Uh, Happened with Miller Cop as well. Um, it seemed like the team settled down, got a little more comfortable with that zone and started to execute and just keeping that belief, keeping that confidence. Those are all things Mike Woodson has brought to this team. He's empowered this team. And that was one of the ways you saw it on Tuesday. I want to talk more about Trace and Race and Miller Cop as well. Uh, another huge game from him. Uh, but first, I want to talk about Bet Online. Hoosiers were one-and-a-half-point favorites last night as I recorded. I don't know what it closed at. Um, I knew it was going to be a close game. I hope you did not bet on the Hoosiers. But Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football con- football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. So whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, or UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Another favorite of ours is Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors to choose from. You're going to have a hard time picking between raspberry or mint brownie, Cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Want to cozy up to something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of hot cocoa. 
Let it melt a little and give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand as well. If all this sounds delicious and exciting to you, head on over to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You mentioned Race, who had one of the strangest (laughs) nights uh, I can remember. Uh, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 turnovers, 3 fouls. He was 2 fouls away from a 5 by 5 Uh, one of the weirdest five by five she would ever see. Um, it was weird because even in that second half, even as he was, uh, throwing the ball away at times, I still felt most comfortable with him having the ball at the, in the high post, whether it was getting the ball to trace, which he did tremendously throughout that second half, whether it was spraying out to Parker Stewart. Combined in the second half and overtime, Trace and Race had 37 points, 17 rebounds, 7 assists. What do you make just, we'll start with Race, what do you make of his game? He's still kind of that ultimate glue guy. Maybe was asked to do a little too much on um, Tuesday, but still was, I think, an overall positive contributor. Yeah, I was hugely encouraged by how Race played. He played aggressively. Um, sometimes he, you know, obviously sometimes he rode that line a little bit too far. Um, but he was awesome. It was really good to see him at times even physically impose himself on the game, not just sort of being there and getting into good spots, but actually using his body, using his brains, getting into good spots and doing it aggressively. Um so it was really great. And also how he play, how him and Trace played off each other. That was really, really encouraging to see that if we need, you know, obviously we're not going to play against the zone defense every week. But if you need. Or hopefully ever again. Or hopefully ever again, exactly. <laughs> but there's, you know, there, there's a recipe for success there. And I think that's something that you can, you know, as Mike Woodson, as the coaching staff, you can really take away from this game and say, okay, we can do a big, you know, we can do a uh uh, one two with them constantly you know you'd have trace rolling to the hoop um using trace on that baseline was I, I hate to use the word masterful because it's just so simple it's so simple but nobody has ever done that i think kyle robbins tweeted that out that it's been 30 years since an iu coach has done that so it's it's been really it, 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 it was really good to see trace in that attack mode tonight um, regardless of you know how it worked out at times again with the eight turnovers, but look, he, we needed him to be aggressive. He stepped up and did everything that was asked of him, and then some, and that was hugely encouraging for me. I think the thing that I was encouraged by most is that he never really got kind of down on himself, never hung his head, even if he was committing turnovers. Next play, same situation, he was making the right play, whether it was a little push shot, whether it was a dump off to trace. Um, yeah, it's, it's hilarious because as I was previewing the game last night or for uh, Tuesday's episode, I suspected that trace would be the one kind of in that, at that free throw line uh, because that's just how everybody does it. So uh, that is, it was a great adjustment, a great move by Mike Woodson and it paid huge dividends because I mean, overall in the night, Trace and Race have 48 points, 28 rebounds, 
Race Thompson has eight assists. Only Xavier Johnson has more, had more. An all-around good game from Race. Uh, the seven turnovers hurt. Him and Trace did combine for 13 of the 26 turnovers. You kind of expect that a little bit in the middle of the zone, but uh, those two were the main culprits on the night. Ultimately, though, those two were the reason that IU was in the game for most of it because they were making the big plays um, time after time in those overtimes. Another reason IU was in the game, we're going to wrap up on this one for this uh, recapping this game. Miller Cop, I was talking to a few friends. I was not thrilled with what he did for most of the first half. And then the second half in overtime, he was one of IU's best players. Uh, second half, he finished, or he had 12 points, played all 20 minutes in the second half, uh, five of six from the field, two of two from the three-point line, and then played all 10 minutes of overtime. So played the final 30 minutes of the game. Uh, he finishes with 28 points. He was huge, hit some huge free throws. I thought uh, I'd said it a couple times. I thought he was going to be the guy that once IU faced a decent opponent, he was going to be a little exposed and he would make way for someone like Tamar Bates. He bought himself a lot of time in that starting lineup tonight with that performance because he was as important as anybody not named Trace Jackson Davis on the night. Yeah, especially at the end in double overtime. I think it was double overtime when he hit those free throws. Um, yeah. Just in a really long game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last like 45 minutes kind of all blended together. But um, no, he, he was awesome tonight. He got himself into some really good spots offensively. Um, defensively, defensively, he tried. I, 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 I really don't want to rip him because he played very well. I don't want to criticize him like that. He, he did try. It just wasn't there for him. I don't think he's a natural defender. I don't think he's a very smooth defender. Um, but look, if you can provide that kind of firepower, you know, forget that kind of firepower. We don't need him to get 25, 26 points a night. But if he can give give you half that, you know, that's that's all you're really hoping for. So, like you said, he bought himself a lot of time at the starting lineup. I think he's figuring it out along with the rest of the team as they go. Um, and, yeah, his best game is a Hoosier, and it couldn't have come at a better time with Big Ten play on the horizon. Yeah, he's one of those... I think IU has a, a lot of talented players, but at times some square pegs for round holes. I think ideally he's probably more of a four uh, that can stretch the floor, stretch the floor. But when you have Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, like you have to play those guys together. And so it's a matter of do you bring him off the bench in that role, uh, or do you keep him in the starting lineup to provide? shooting and spacing he stayed in the lineup he provided that shooting and spacing he showed why he's so valuable uh huge huge game from him wanted to make sure he didn't go under the radar uh just some so many big performances by so many guys on the night um christian lander i thought largely played well considering he went from not playing to being thrown into the highest pressure moment of the entire night and made the big three-pointer, uh, had some some good enough plays in overtime. I'm not going to fault him too much because I can't imagine how hard it is to sit for 
39 minutes and 50 seconds and then be thrown in the final 10 seconds and needing to execute. Uh, so solid from him. Just uh, I thought Rob Fennessy played well until he fouled out and aggravated his – it looked like he kind of aggravated whatever that leg injury was. I don't know if it was a calf or whatnot, but um, he, I thought, played decently, decently enough considering he's coming back from injury and still seems a little bit injured. So you mentioned Big Ten play starts on Saturday against Nebraska. This was a, a wild seven games of the non-conference schedule. Obviously, there's going to be a, a few more before non-conference schedule completely ends. So I guess what do we know about this Hoosier team going into Big Ten play? We know that they're not going to lie down. We know that they're going to put up a fight. Um, what we don't know is if we're going to get the defensive marvel that we sort of got through the first five, six games of the season, or if we're going to get that offensive explosion that we just saw tonight. Um that's you know that's really the only thing that I think that we don't know. I think that the culture has been set. I think that's been very clear through seven games. I think that there's a certain expectation that this coaching staff has, um, that this team has for themselves as well, um, that they're not going to let their standards drop. So, look, there's theoretically there's no better team to start off your Big Ten, you know, Big Ten coaching career against internally than Nebraska. Um, I, I just, I feel good, man. I, I feel good. And look, mm -hmm. it, I'm sure that will evaporate once we play Wisconsin in Wisconsin. <laughs> and we all know how that goes. Like Next I'm not, week. It's going to evaporate quickly. It's next week. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just not going to include that game in, in my agenda. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I'm hugely, hugely encouraged. I can't say it enough. And I, I think they're ready for, I think this is a really good appetizer for Big Ten play. Look, they faced a, incredibly we'd call it a 3-2 defense unique but in college basketball they played at a unique defense um on the fly it, it's kind of like you know it, it, in a sense it's kind of like when you read about teams um who are preparing to play against Lamar Jackson in the NFL and they have like a practice squad cornerback playing quarterback trying mm -hmm. to replicate the stuff that he does in the backfield i mean you can only do so much but it's not lamar jackson and at the end of the day nobody does three two better than syracuse and the fact that we put up 100 points on them leads me to be really really optimistic about this the more games that they play the more that we realize you know that the more we find out about this team um the race trace dynamic has now sort of changed my expectations for what this offense will look like uh, moving forward We'll see what happens when they switch to a normal defense and, you know, get into into the, the teeth of Big Ten play. But they're as ready as I think they could possibly be, you know, seven games into a new era, not including, obviously, the preseason games in, in Jamaica or Costa Rica, wherever the hell they were. <laughs> I think it was the Bahamas. But, yeah, not including those. Um, it just feels like everything Mike Woodson has done in Indiana, in Bloomington, has been – accelerated they've he's just impressed so much more quickly than i expected um i feel good about this team i do agree i don't know what we're going to see in terms of the first five games they played uh were stellar defensive outings uh including against a saint john's team that i mentioned the other night that went they, that's their only loss that wins looking kind of better and better as the season goes. 
Um, but then the last two games, they put up 90 points against Marshall and 110 against Syracuse. So they're able to find the middle ground before that or between that. This is a really, really good team with the possibility to play elite defense and put up 110 points, albeit in double overtime, but they were over 90 points again in regulation on the night. So if they're able to to find the middle ground between both of those, uh, then this is going to be, I think, a really good team. As you said, Nebraska is a great starting point, but then they immediately go to Wisconsin. So a little bit of trial by fire. We're going to learn about this team real quickly. Jared, thank you for hopping on uh, after that chaos. Uh, glad to have you back. Happy birthday. Uh, thank everybody, you, go tell Jared happy birthday. Uh, thank sorry you, we couldn't give you a win, but uh, at least it wasn't as bad as other IU Syracuse games in the past. This could it could have uh, gone, it could have gone a lot worse. They, they they the second half could have looked like the first half. <laughs> exactly. So, thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the women's game against NC State, top ten matchup. Now, for your second listen today. Head on over to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q, an expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, have a great Wednesday in LEO.